What's up, Kraken fans? Welcome to Season 2, Episode number 15 of Keeping Up with the Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is your co-host of the pod, Tyler Bell, joined by fellow co-host of the pod, Alec Durham, the Derminator. What's up today, brother? Not too much, brother. Just had a hell of a weekend getting back to the rink. Had some uh, old-timers hockey. That's right, officially old-timers getting into there. But uh, yeah, got back to skating a bit. Watched some of The Last of Us. Getting excited for that. How was your weekend? Oh, man. You know what? Uh, it was pretty chill. But yeah, The Last of Us. Holy shit. I mean, I've only watched three episodes. Probably going to watch the fourth one later on tonight. Uh, what a series that has been. Oh, it's been great. I'm uh, getting a little excited, too, because thanks to the Super Bowl, we get episode five a little early. It's out Friday night instead of Sunday. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yep. that's sick. I didn't even know that. So, oh, nice little early release there. But, yeah, so far it's blown my mind. I mean, uh, just how spot on it is with the video game. And uh, it, it got me replaying the video game again. So I'm just right into it all, Durham. Yeah, it's very... Uh depressing emotional story it's weird to say that and be like oh yeah i love it but oh it's just such a well-written game and tv show so far it's pretty kick-ass and then obviously they did a lot of the filming here in alberta so uh just kind of picking up on some of the scene the, the you know the cin- cinematography in the background and just uh realizing that some of that's pretty close to the backyard here not something you usually see on uh, tv series let alone movies and stuff so that part of it's uh been pretty cool too just to follow along with but you were saying you were getting uh getting the old stick puck tournament going how did that go Oh, it did not go that great. We actually went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. You're only guaranteed three games. Obviously, we didn't get a fourth. Hey, you won one of them. Yeah, we should have won two of them. So what happened? We were up you lost 4-1 one and OT? we lost. No, we tied. Oh, just, just ties tie. in round robin. It's just oh, old-timer yeah, hockey. Enough. We don't get <laughs> extra time. Yeah, that'd be too hard on some of the old lungs and the old-timers, eh? Yeah, I think once you get to semis... I think it goes straight to a shootout, and then the finals might be three on three, and then a shootout. Nice, but yeah, I don't that's, know. We that's didn't pretty get there. exciting. Hey, hey, you put up uh, points on the board though, led the team. Yeah, I got a few. You know, four points in three games. It is what it is. Oh, humble brag. There you go. Oh. There you go. Man, yeah, I'm... humble bragging and old timers. <laughs> Well, either way, you got to brag about it at some point. I, I'm truly jealous you're playing the hockey tournaments right now. I can't wait to to potentially lace lace up in one of them in about a month from now. So got to get my knee in shape, though. It's still uh, still on the mend right now, still causing a little bit of pain. But at least I'm back to the working life. And uh, so that's exciting. That's pretty much all that's going on with my life, man. Man, worst case, Ontario, you'll just shoot it full of shit for a weekend and then you'll be back to where you are now. But you'll have yeah, got exactly. to play. Worst case, Ontario. I mean, just cancel the check. You don't have to pay anything. Exactly. There, that's all it is, baby. Hey, exciting though. Kraken are finally back in NHL action after a pretty long little layoff with the All Star Weekend. We'll get into some of that, some of that All Star stuff in a little bit. But exciting, man. The game's going to be starting uh, just minutes from now. Yeah, taking on the Islanders. Yeah, and it's going to be a good one. We got some healthy bodies back, but we'll get into that 
in a bit, Durham. First things first, let's throw it back to uh, a little while ago when the Kraken finally put up a huge W against the Vancouver Canucks, baby. Yeah, it's about time to finally get the first win against the Canucks there, right? McCann getting three points against the team that drafted him to the NHL as well. Just a feel-good night. Other than yeah. fuck Tyler Myers. Yeah, what the fuck is that guy's problem? That big, long, fucking neck giraffe guy? That was the dirtiest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. Yeah, you can't be out there just pretending you're a gazelle and you're a big beast like that. Get your head out of your ass. You can't touch Matty B. That's a major, major interference call going on there. I don't know what he was thinking when he uh, just takes out Matty Benares, who's just just in the slot by himself, minding his own business, and just out of nowhere, Tyler Myers comes in with a cross check, pretty much to the high upper chest, almost catches him in the face. But you know, as he loses his balance and falls back, he smacks his head off the ice. And uh, you got to think the next time these two teams play, uh, Myers is going to be a huge target. Oh yeah, you well, Gordo for one's gonna be going right after him. You gotta think Alexiak, considering Myers as a big boy, Alexiak's gonna be going there too. If I, yeah, had I mean to guess, they took veneers yeah. out for this game and Calgary and Columbus, so he's gonna be paying the price. Oh, a hundred percent. And if I had to guess what uh Yanny Gord's gonna do, probably just like a full on tackle right to the knee. Um, probably put him through the same pain that I've been dealing with the last few weeks. That's what I hope so, at least. Get a little payback in there. He's going to take out at least three of the four CLs. Yeah, I would hope so. But jumping into this huge win, 6-1 Durham, the seventh game these two teams play finally ends up in dub for the for the Kraken, and they finally beat their, uh, their arch rivals from across the border. And it all got started off with a nice little rebounder on Oliver Bjorkstrand, bearing his eighth of the season. Yeah, he's going to get his eighth there. And then not long after that, Alex Wenberg, right on the fresh power play, right off the draw. All five guys on the ice are going to touch it, and he's going to tap home his ninth of the year. And it's going to be 2-0 Seattle quickly here. Yeah, I think they all five guys touched it within four or five seconds. And they, after they won the faceoff, they scored within less than 10 seconds. So just a perfect executed play to score a power play goal, something they haven't done a whole lot of. And they kept doing it in the game, too. Yeah, talking about again on the fresh power play there, right? This time it's going to be Canner, and he's going to get his 23rd of the year. 23 for McCann already. Almost at his career high already. The guy has just been a sniper all year long. And Eberly picking up another primary assist. That's a back-to-back plays there where Eberly picks up primary assists. So good for him on that. And the goals keep coming, baby. Yeah, talking about snipers. Ellie Tolvin, and he's going to read the work that Gordo and Dunn are going to do, give and go there from the high wall in the D. And then he's going to bump out to the high slot and he's going to let a one-timer go from Gordon. That's in the back of the net for his eighth of the season. Yeah, another snipe from Tolvanen. That's the the only goals he scored, I'm pretty sure, have just been lasers from, uh, I don't know, 15 feet out from the blue line, roughly. That's just his sweet spot. Yeah, he's got a bomb, eh? And he's getting confident with it. He is getting confident, and you love to see it. And same with Bjorkstrand. He's starting to be more consistent with his play, bearing his ninth of the season uh, to give it the crack in a 5 nothing lead. 
Yeah, and then the Hosers are going to get a lucky bounce there with about seven seconds left, and Garland's going to get his ninth of the season, but whatever. Yeah, uh, but the Kraken would cap it off with a nice 6-1 victory because Donato receives that pass from McCann and just turns and pops it freaking top shelf on the backhand. That was sneaky good from Donato there. I will say, like, it was nice skill to get that off, but holy Christ, that was awful goaltending. Yeah, I mean, that that was a, a little bad. You're coming across, you're barely covering the top of the net, left it wide open, but uh, it was sneaky from Donato to just get it upstairs like that. Almost looked un- unexpected, and at that point of the hockey game, you know, uh, I believe it was Delia in net, right, for for um, Vancouver, so he didn't look too motivated to still be in that net by that time. Yeah, that's fair. I guess you're down into the garbage time, down 5-1. You're probably like, holy shit, get me out of here. Yeah, and this game was honestly just pure dominance. I mean, they outshot the Canucks 18-6 in the first, outshot them 12-7 in the second, and then got outshot 7-5 in the third. But by that time, the game was, was already over by a mile. Yeah, I mean, just looking at that alone, you almost outshot Vancouver's game total in the first period. Yeah, Vancouver had twenty shots in the game. Yeah, it was it was it was ridiculous, and it was nice to see them really clicking on the power play. Two for three is something the Kraken really need to start get going by. Uh, you know this this last stretch of the season here. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, this was pretty much a perfect game. Yeah, it was a fantastic game, and it does feel really good just to just to finally get that victory against the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, because unfortunately, they weren't going to get a victory against the next Canadian team they played. They're going to play Calgary, and oh man, that first period was as opposite of the Vancouver game as you can get. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, they got off to a nice little start. John Hayden, uh, you know, after being called up because of, you know, these injuries, uh, obviously, uh, Beneers was out and then Schultz was out as well. And you still didn't have Schwartzy back at that point either. So John Hayden getting called up and able to tip a puck in from a Borgen shot there to get his first NHL goal of the season. That was really nice to see. Yeah, you love it when the call-up guys are able to find a way to contribute, not just doing the gritty work, but find a way onto the score sheet. Makes you feel a little extra good for them. Yeah, it definitely does. But uh, other than that, small little piece, uh, the rest of this first period wasn't too pretty. No, Lindholm's going to get his 15th of the year on a couple tight passes in the two-on-two tip-in. Not the greatest defense on the rush there, letting Lindholm get past after he kicks it out, but... Those are a couple nice players, Lynn Holman to Foley as well. Yeah, yeah, they definitely were. And, uh, you know, things kind of tightened up after that. They led in the three goals. Uh, you didn't see much action in the second period. It was pretty defensive. And then they try to get a bit of a push uh, to start the third period. You know, put some pressure on. They apply. They had a really good third period. Tolvanen's able to score his ninth of the season. Uh, but it's cut short just about a minute later because... Noah Hannafin's able to bury one right back, and uh, that pretty much sealed it for the Kraken in this game. Yeah, after the Hannafin goal there on the pinch in, you're going to get the empty, not sorry, not an empty netter, but pretty much should have been for Coleman. And, I mean, that's just end of the game, 5-2 at that point. You got close. Like you said, you made it a good third period. You tried to come back. You had the disallowed goal, and you still got the next one right away. And just unfortunately... 
they couldn't have it tonight. Yeah, they didn't have it in that night. And uh, unfortunate because those are the type of games you just want. You want to make sure that you're winning, right? When when Calgary's not that far behind you in the standings and giving them those extra points just kind of tightens things up in the Pacific. Especially in the games when you're given five power plays too. Like the game against Vancouver, you go two for three. Now you get five against Calgary. You don't get any on them. That kind of does suck a little bit. So you got to figure more rolls of the dice than not. You're going to get one or two in those games. Yeah, you would you would think so, right? Um, it's just unfortunate the way it happened like that. But hey, they'd have a really nice bounce back game the last game before heading into the All-Star break. And they put up a nice 3-1 W against Columbus. Grubauer in net to stop 24 of 25. And this game was just dominance from the start all the way through Durham. Yeah, just completely spread out scoring throughout Seattle. Like the entire team came to play tonight. Eight players are going to record a point. Sure, the power play goes 0 for 2, whatever, we're used to that. But the power or penalty kill went 2 for 2. They've been hot lately. And here's a little fun fact for this game. All three goal scorers were in milestone games. 150 games played for Tolvanen and Geeky and 600 for Wenberg. Neat. Pretty neat that uh, Tolvanen and Geeky both in their 150th game played uh, in the same game like that. That's that's pretty rare to see. Yeah, that was the first time, at least in my memory, that I've seen that. Yeah, and it was a huge game for Grubauer, too, to be able to bounce in there and actually pick up the W. He's been, you know, in net for a couple, you know, unfortunate losses. If you're looking back at his last few games, I mean, you know, he jumps in there. Uh, and has a really solid game back on January 21st against Colorado where he only lets in one goal and stops 26 of 27. Uh, the team still loses. And then, you know, jumps into action way back against Tampa, just lets in two goals on 29 shots against. And then, you know, he picks up his first victory since January 10th against Buffalo where he stopped 32 of 35. So it's really nice to see uh, Grubauer back in the win column and the guy's getting it done for him in this one. And I'm sure people are going to look at Columbus and be like, oh, yeah, it was an easy win. Like, it was not an easy win to pull out. Sure, you can look at the first two periods and be like, yeah, they fucking killed them in shots. Like, Columbus had 13 and Seattle had 27 after 40 minutes, right? Yeah. So that third period, that's a 2-1 Seattle game, and Columbus brings it 12-4 to for shots. Seattle's kind of hemmed in there. Grubauer stood his ground and won that game for the boys. He did. And the important thing is that he he's able to do that too. Obviously he gets and put in the game because you know, it's a, it's a, they're on the second of a back to back. So I think the Kraken were kind of running out of a bit of gas there in that third period because of that. Uh, but nonetheless, Grubauer coming in there and just performing well and, and putting up the performances that you expected back when they obviously signed him to a big deal before the start of uh, their inaugural season last year. Yeah. Do you think being the third period of a back to back? was the big difference or it's the third period of the last game before everyone has a week off. Yeah. You can definitely think about the players who are just wanting to get that third period over with and get on that big break. Cause I, uh, you know, not only them, but a lot of players around the league just needed that break and to start to recover their bodies. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of banged up bodies out there. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think just off the top of my head. Was there a Columbus rep in the All Star game? I don't even think so. I I can't think of any, to be honest, man. So Uh, everybody in this game was like, let's just fucking get to vacation. Yeah, seriously, no kidding. And uh, yeah, throwing it back to the first period, just because Morgan Geeky pots his fifth, his first goal, Durham, in 30 games. I seen that first in 30, eh? And finally gets up on the board. You got to feel good for the guy. He's been in and out of the lineup, obviously struggling to find consistency all season. Yeah, no kidding. It's great to see that for Morgan Geeky, just getting back on the board there. And like we said, it was just all crack, and especially in those first two periods. Uh, Wenberg, too, getting his 10th of the season in the second period, getting to double digits. Good good to see that for Wenberg there. Yeah, and getting one against his old team as well. You know, I think that's who he came into the league with was Columbus and then shipped off to Florida and bounced around a little bit before I ended up in Seattle. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, he had a really good uh, bounce back year in Florida too and a big reason why, uh, you know, the Kraken targeted him and wanted him to be part of the team and, and a good centerman for this team, which he has been. Yeah, and then like we said, going into the third period, it was 2-1, so obviously the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to get one here. They're going to get one late. Kent Johnson gets his 10th of the year, but who cares about him because Ellie Tolvanen is going to get his 10th of the year. And that's going to shut down the Blue Jackets and this game 3-1. Tens across the board, baby. There's tons of 10 uh, goal seasons there for everyone in this hockey game. So uh, another big victory, though, heading into the break. And obviously, uh, you know, it was good to see some of the Kraken players get that rest because there are some banged up bodies out there. Obviously, Schultz still kind of banged up. We don't know where he's at right now exactly, but uh, we'll get into some guy who's going to help take away some of those miss those minutes that are going to be missing from Schultz. Kraken fans, this time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. Kind of like me thinking I can go a whole year without eating bread, let alone a whole month. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest changes can be a big part of a big change if it's something you use every day. Like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Since I've gotten my Raycons, I've been using them every time I go for a walk, go hit up the gym and pump some reps, or even just chilling out watching some Netflix on my laptop. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last you all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't have to choose between products and you can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee, noise isolation, awareness mode, crystal clear quality, and tons more. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. 
That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Welcome back, Kraken fans and Durham. Let's preview the next set of games, including the one that has just started, and that's against the New York Islanders. Yeah, we're road tripping through the Metro here, and tonight, that's uh, February 7th, we got the Islanders. We would say it's Horvat's debut with his new team, but they played on Monday night, but fuck him, who cares? So we're going to say it's his debut with his new team. Either way, we're facing Horvat for the second time in a couple weeks here. They're going to get Dobson and Pellick back on D. Seattle's going to get Beneers and Schwartz back. They're getting Jacob Magna to debut with the boys tonight. Gonna be Huge debut for Magna. And we'll get into uh, just a little bit of him in a bit. But Durham, yeah, it's looking good. We got some healthy bodies. And the Islanders have some healthy bodies. But the nice thing is we're catching them on the second of a back-to-back, which is definitely going to help. But uh, just checking up on the score right now. So far, nothing, nothing about four and a half minutes in. Well, I mean, only four and a half minutes in. Hey, it's an early one, baby. We'll be uh, maybe taking a look at the score throughout the rest of the pod here, but uh, pretty exciting just to be back in action tonight. And what do you think? This Islanders team kind of make a big push here now that they have two, you know, like a 1A, 1B situation uh, down the middle now. It's going to be kind of interesting what they do for the end of the year because even for January, like a lot of their team, their players have been minuses. Sure, Barzal was kind of hurt a little bit there, but... Even still, like Brock Nelson leads your team in points with only 10 in all of January, but that fits the Islanders' style of play. But I don't know. I just don't think this team really has what it takes to really do much. They may have a late push, but I don't think they're going to do anything if they do get in. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to be that final team in, they're looking at a matchup against Boston, and I just don't think any team that's going to be the last one to make the playoffs out of the East really has a shot to take Boston down. Yeah. I think Boston just looks like the team to beat this year in both division or both conferences. Yeah, I, I agree, man, a hundred percent, but going back to the Kraken lineup for this one, Durham, it's pretty impressive just how much depth is on this team. Now that you're adding in, you know, uh, Tolvanen in there, obviously the new pickup. Schwartz is back healthy. Matty Beneers is back. And, uh, you know, those guys are paired up with Burakovsky on the top line there. And you take a look at who's scratched. They're scratching a guy like Daniel Sprong right now. How many teams are going to sit there and scratch a guy who's got, what, 15 Genos? Yeah, I was going to say, if you're scratching a 20-goal scorer, you're pretty confident in the 12 guys you have in your lineup. It's pretty incredible just the amount of depth that they have in this lineup when you take a look at everything. And you, you got to be pretty happy about that going forward. And you, you kind of start to, to ask yourself, are they really going to make some more trades to fill that up? I don't know. We'll get into that in a little bit uh, in further on in this episode. But uh, Durham, what do you got predicted for this one? I'm going to go with a low scoring kind of 3-1 game. 3-1 game. You got Jonesy and Nett right now. little update. They are out shooting them 4-1. to one. So it uh, looks like they're getting off to a good start on the road coming back from the break. Well, in that case, I hope it's a shutout because I have Jonesy and Nett tonight. 
There you go. Jonesy's in net for you too. That's going to be huge. Um, but moving on, man, they got some other tough, tough opponents uh, and all within the Metro too. Some of the top teams in the Metro and on Thursday, they're going to be facing off against the New Jersey Devils who have been very, very hot as of late. Yeah, going to have a rematch here after the Kraken. We're the first Pacific team to beat the Devils this season. Of course, that was without John Marino, who they just got back last night into the lineup there. Uh, but the Devils shrugged off that L that we gave them, and they seem to just be firing on all cylinders lately, like you've said. They're 8-1-1 in their last 10. Jack Hughes told everyone to go fuck themselves about him being too small. He went over a goal a game in January with 15 goals in 14 games. Look out for this guy. That is just insane, right? 15 and 14 throughout the month. Like that's a lot of games to play in one month too. And to put that up is pretty impressive, but I've been really, really impressed with Dougie Hamilton on this decor who comes into this one. Uh, obviously, you know, they, they play a game, I think, before the matchup. But in his last five, as of right now, Dougie Hamilton with 11 points, Durham. Is that good? I think that's pretty good. He's having a quite the bounce back season, considering how kind of unfortunate and how bad his first year went with the Devils after signing that huge contract. Kind of just seems to be the way it is, though. Year one of a big money always seems Big money contracts, sorry, always seems to weigh on the player. And it's year two, maybe year three, where they really pop off and you get what you're paid for. Yeah, and I know he struggled, right? Like a broken jaw that kept him out. And he never seemed to be able to put up the points when he returned from that. And the Devils, let's be honest, weren't that great of a team last year either. So that doesn't help at all either. Yeah, and like you're saying, if you don't get Dougie Hamilton to really find his groove with the team, that's going to hurt them. Because, I mean, he is their decor. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a pretty even looking matchup for the most part. I mean, yeah, they're eight, one and one in their last 10, the devils are, but, uh, for the most part, I mean, both teams are top six right now and goals four. uh, they're both pretty solid, you know, coming in with some, some pretty good stats too. I mean, power play is pretty close. The one edge that New Jersey really brings is, uh, well, face off because, I mean, the Kraken have always struggled with face-offs, but the penalty kill for the New Jersey Devils right now sits top 10 at 81%, so they've been doing pretty good in that uh, department. Go figure. The Devils play decent defense. That seems like that's just kind of been their franchise's story. Mm-hmm. And as you remember, too, just uh, back uh, January 19th, that was the first time these two teams played this year, and it came down to a huge OT victory where the Kraken won 4-3 uh, in another real tight game, and Barakovsky was able to to bury the 13th of, his season, of the season for him, and uh, that was a really good game, so I'm expecting much of the same here. Yeah, you're kind of hoping the Kraken don't collapse and give up a free point like they did at the end of that last game, but mm -hmm. let's see what happens. See what happens. It's going to be a good one. And then the very next night, they're going to be facing off against the New York Rangers on Friday. So another tough team and another team who's been, again, performing pretty good as of late. Yeah, this team's definitely being led by their young guns once again, or at least by the last month, much like they were in the playoffs last season. You got Philip Sheedle, Adam, Adam Fox, Keandre Miller, and Capo Caco are all in the top five point producers on this team during that span. 
And I'm pretty sure Miller is the oldest one of them at like 23. Yeah, he was drafted, what, back in uh, 2018? When was Fox drafted? Like 2017? Actually, he was drafted in 2016, so Fox is the oldest. Oh, there. Because he was the Matthews draft. Pretty crazy. What does that bring him to? Like 24 then? Right around there, yeah. Yeah, pretty impressive then uh, for, you know, all those young guys, especially in a team that has a lot of, like, veteran depth too, especially up front to have all those guys kind of leading the way. And uh, Philip Sheetel, out of nowhere, he's just been absolutely finding his game as of late. Yeah, you want to talk about Jack Hughes scoring goals? That's kind of a guy that everyone expects to produce points. During the same span, so from January 1st to now, Philip Sheetel's got 10 goals in 13 games. Not bad. Not bad at all. And again, this is another Eastern Conference matchup where you only play the team twice all season. And once again, the Kraken have the Rangers number because they had a nice big 3-2 victory in overtime back in November. So another tight game between these two teams. Oops, scoring update. Sam Bulduke has scored against the Kraken. His first of the year, one nothing Islanders. That's okay. You get that first one out of the way. Now the Kraken just need to score the next three and your prediction's right, baby. I would love that. They need a lot more shots against though, because that's a terrible save percentage right now. Yeah, I'm sure it's still in the first period here. So by the time we have this thing, this puppy wrapped up, I'm sure we'll be able to catch the second and third. So I'm sure it'll be a nice, good one for the Kraken to come back and uh, get a good victory tonight. But jumping back into it, Durham. We're going to move on to the Rangers, yeah. Yeah, I just want to talk about, make sure to look out for that power play because they have been snapping it around lately. Yeah, what's uh, what's it kicking at lately? Oh, I don't have like an actual statistic for you. I just know watching highlights for the Rangers the last little while, they are putting power play goals on the board. And this is a team that when they start to feel confident, that power play clicks. So look out for them. Okay, I'll be looking out for sure. And you know what? The Kraken's power play clicking as of late too. So maybe we have a a whole plethora of power play goals coming our way. A big goal off? A goal off. I like it. Yeah, exactly. I love it too. Let's go, baby. And moving on to the Sunday matchup, February 12th. uh, Still on the road here against the Philadelphia Flyers. Durham, what do you got here? Well, speaking of young kids helping out, that's pretty much all the Flyers have going for them these days because fuck Philadelphia. But beyond their big three up front of Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, and Scott Lawton, that's kind of like all they have other than now you got the young kids. You got Noah Cates. Uh, yeah, I, said, I think I said that right. Noah Cates, Owen Tippett, Morgan Frost, Wade Allison, Joel Farabee, Cam York. And among them, Four of their five youngest skaters on the roster are top 10 in points for the team. So that's kind of a good sign for the future. Hey, not bad, I guess, right? Yeah, if you're going to look for a shining light somewhere, you got to look hard in Philadelphia, but there's something there. Yeah, and one kid here that I'm super, super impressed with, especially when you start to look at his advanced stats, is Cam York. He seems to be just coming and finding his game now. And I know he didn't really make the team out of camp. I think he came up for a bit, got sent back down. And since he's been back up, he has been a very, very steady defenseman for this team. Yeah, I think he was a the guy they sent down at the start of the year because Tortorella said we can't send down the guy who fought last night. So we're sending down Cam York. Yeah, and that's this the 
most Tortorella quote you can think of right there, right? Yeah, in terms of when it comes to training camp, like that guy, I guess, earned his spot for one more day. Like everybody knew that York was going to be back. And I can't remember who the kid was that fought, but maybe it was his only week in the NHL so far or whatever. So let him have it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, back to Cam York here. Pretty impressive. Only played 25 games. So basically half the amount of games that they've played this so far this season. Uh, and the guy has 11 points, which not too bad in 25 games, especially your rookie season. Um, but the impressive thing is he's a plus 10 in those 25 games on a team that, you know, record is 21, 22 and nine, right? So pretty average team, but a pretty above average plus uh, plus minus for, uh, you know, the rest of the players on Philly when you're taking a look at him. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, especially when you're a young kid, right? And if you want to look at the D core as a young guy, he leads the D on that team in plus minus him and Nick sealer are in fact, Oh, Justin Braun as well at plus one, but they're the only three D on the roster that are plus everyone else is a hard negative. Yeah. Super impressive stuff right there. Right. So uh, this is the first matchup too of, of uh, two matchups within a week from each other. I believe just four days after, sorry, three days after they first play um, that they play them back in their barns. So uh, that's, that's going to be something to keep an eye out just how that first matchup goes. Yeah. Can kind of get your tendencies and, picking up your scouting reports on that first game and then a couple days later you're like all right we know exactly what we're looking for let's go yeah exactly baby let's go kraken fans are you ready for the biggest sunday in sports DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of super bowl 57 has all the super bowl action you need New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all new customers can get in on Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a nice update to see what prop bet will be boosted. Durham, you know I don't know too much about football, but if I had to pick one team, it's going to be those Philadelphia Eagles, baby. Fly, Eagles, fly. I believe they're the underdog coming into this when you're taking a look at the two big teams going off at it. So you know I love the underdogs. So that's who I got, baby. And if you're looking to bet on that team as well, maybe you want to go against my bets, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. All right, welcome back, Kraken fans. Durham, we got a bit of Kraken news going on. Hit us with some of that. Yeah, unfortunately, not all news is good news, right? And this is not going to be good. Jonas Donskoy revealed he had his seventh concussion at the start of the season this year. And he's still experiencing symptoms from vertigo and, you know, post-concussion symptoms and whiplash and shit like that. Unfortunately, I mean, we got to be talking about that's probably the end of his career, right? Well, I don't think he's even allowed to be back or cleared to train uh, until a minimum of July 15th is a reported date. 
And you got to think with it being what uh, two months out from training camp, that's a pretty tough timeline. And that's if he gets cleared by that time and seven concussions, it might be best for Jonas Donskoy just to call it a career, right? Man, remember being kids when like concussions first became a big, well-known thing. And most doctors at random hospitals were like, yeah, if you've had three concussions, you're done. You can't do anything. No sports. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I remember like three or four was always that like, Ooh, that's you're getting to that too many, too many conkeys section. And, and to hear that this is his seventh already. It's, it's pretty alarming to hear that. And it might be best for Donskoy to step away from the game because like we said before on this podcast, the most important thing is your health, right? And you got to take care of yourself first. Exactly. All right, moving on here. What's the next bit of cracking news you got going on? Well, we're going to go from the shitty part of news right into the great stuff. And that's Vince Dunn was named the third star of the month for January in the entire NHL. In 15 games played, he had five goals, 12 assists. That's right, it's quick math, 17 points. And he only got held pointless in four of those 15 games. That's fucking sick. The Dundertaker. Yeah, no, super, super impressive. And like we were pumping his tires, I think feels like the last couple podcasts, last three or four for sure. I mean, Vince Dunn has just been on a whole new level. And of course, we talked about what, uh, you know, what that looks like for his next contract. And, you know, it's no surprise to me that Dunn gets third star of the month here. That's awesome to see that. Yeah, absolutely fantastic to see the Kraken getting recognized across the NHL. And uh, speaking of Kraken getting recognized, do you have something else for Kraken news in there? We do, because over the break, although we didn't have any uh, All-Stars at the game, we had our own All-Star who probably would have been there, but it turns out that Jared McCann got married over the break, and I can't help to think that this might be a big reason why maybe uh, there was no Kraken players at the All-Star break, because this guy obviously had this thing planned out, and we just want to say congrats, because this guy's been sniping all season long, and he just sniped himself a marriage now over the break, so uh, big congrats to Canner here. How funny is it to plan it during All-Star weekend, though? All right, guys, one of us is going to get fucked and they can't come to the wedding. Everyone else can come. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I was thinking about it. It kind of makes sense, too, because going forward, you're probably going to have that all-star break pretty much aligned for that uh, that anniversary date. So that gives him an opportunity to maybe, you know, take the wife somewhere around the world, go on a sweet vacation and and really enjoy that anniversary together. Ooh, that is planning ahead. Now, who knows if that's how you plan it, but to me, it just makes sense, right? Hey, coincidences in life sometimes just work out. Exactly. So congrats there to Canner for the marriage. That's pretty awesome to see. Durham, trade season is here. Thank fuck, because trades are some of the most exciting things for me in the NHL. And oh boy, did we start with a big one. Yeah, let us uh, let us know what it, I mean. Obviously, we talked about it a bit because of the Islanders matchup, but uh, Big Bo Horvat, captain of the Vancouver Canucks, gets traded to the New York Islanders. What did you think about this? Honestly, like I thought it was kind of an all right deal for both sides. It entirely hinges. Well, I guess we should say the deal. Horvat was traded twenty five percent retained for Vancouver. 
to the Islanders for Beauvilliers, uh, Aturati, and a top 12 protected first round pick for this year. So that means they can't get Bedard with that pick, but they wanted to try anyways. So all things considered, I don't know. I think it's kind of an all right deal. Like Beauvillier doesn't really do anything for me one way or the other. I think he's a fine middle six winger that you could probably get from another team. Like you could draft him late. You can make your own. You can trade for one. He's not a hard to find player. He is a hard to play against player. So obviously Vancouver wanted that with Tockett saying everyone on that team was soft. Mm-hmm. Rachi yeah, could I... be a nice prospect. And if that pick ends up 13, like that's still able, you can move up into the top 10 by throwing maybe another second that you get. Yeah. And with how much depth is in this year's draft, like that could be a very valuable pick and could very well, you know, come up as the best uh, you know, the best piece from the trade. But I think the big one is Atu Ratti and what he could potentially become in Vancouver. I agree, because I think you're looking at, at well, what he looks like right now is a second-line player with potential for more. Yeah, I, I would say that too. I mean, the, re, remember when we throw it back to when this guy was 16? I mean, everybody was saying, no doubt, like this guy's the projected number one pick of what, the 2021 draft? Yeah, it was something like that. He was projected real freaking high. Like it was, Yeah, real it was high for a number that. of years. And then his draft year, he just uh, seemed to drop, drop, drop. And, uh, you know, he wasn't putting up the same kind of points as he was when he was younger playing in the Liga, in the pro league there in, in Finland. But, you know, he gets drafted in the second round, a bit of a steal where the Islanders drafted him. And and kind of ever since then, he he turned things around and started producing, putting up good points in the World Juniors and, and kind of got back to his top prospect ways. And obviously he's even played some NHL games this year and has been able to produce some points and some goals there for that team. So uh, the one knock is I don't think his skating's that well. But, uh, you know, he, he's got all the other tools to kind of put it together. And like you said, be a really good top six player in the NHL. Yeah, so obviously this is going to be a deal where it's going to take five or six years to really be like, okay, maybe the Vancouver Canucks did win this trade. Because obviously right now they gave up the best player in the trade, but that's kind of the way these deals work. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when you're giving up that much, good on the Islanders to make sure they lock down what they traded for and signing Bo Horvat to a big eight-year, $8.5 million per season contract. So he cashes in, gets his money that he was looking for, and no doubt he would have got that same deal if he went all the way to the market or in the free agency this summer. So did you see Lou's comment, though, in the press after signing him? Too much money for too long. <laughs> Too much money for too long. <laughs> oh, classic Lou. Lou, you've been in the league for like 87 years, man. Like, get used to it. Yeah, you'd think at this point he'd just, like you say, be used to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, that wasn't the only trade, Durham, because like we said earlier in the podcast, newcomer Jacob Magna, uh, you know, gets acquired from the Kraken here, uh, sorry, to the Kraken from the San Jose Sharks for a 2023 fourth round pick. And let's just get into what this guy's going to bring to the Kraken going forward. Well, he's just going to be a guy you can kind of eat some minutes and just play hard defensive hockey beside a good puck moving. Maybe a guy who wants to jump into the rush a bit more. Like that was his role in San Jose was just be a good partner for Eric Carlson. So what I think they've looked for here is to make him a good partner for Vince Dunn. 
Yeah, yeah, I I like it, especially, you know, without knowing how long Justin Schultz is going to be out for. This is a guy who could step in and and eat some of those minutes up. He's a huge body. I believe he's 6'6", Durham. So just just a huge guy, uh, 220-plus pounds, already 30 years old. But a nice little touch about this, Durham, is he's locked up at league minimum, about 762000 and a half there. Uh, for not only this season, but next season as well. I think that was important because now this, if this works out and I'm assuming it kind of will, because it's hard to find a depth D that doesn't really work out in some capacity on your team. But if it does work out, that's a whole plug for next year already. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. You already have one locked up. And especially if there's a chance that Carson Soucy could be out the door, you now have somebody who is a very close replacement type player than as Carson Soucy is. And cheaper. And cheaper, right? Which allows you to be more flexible in the trade or in the free agency in the summertime and, uh, you know, spend a little bit of that cash you have available. Now, another thing I really like about Jacob Magna is he brings in some of that leadership quality. If you take a look at, you know, some of the teams he's been on the last handful of years, he's been an assistant uh, captain for the San Diego goals back in the 2016-17 season. Uh, You know, he spent time as the captain too for that San Diego goals team, was traded to the Chicago Wolves, and was assistant captain there. And then back with San Jose, Barracuda was able to captain that team for the last couple seasons as well. And although he doesn't bring a whole lot of experience in the NHL, this is a guy who's been playing most of his time this season on Eric Carlson's line here in San Jose. So just 135 games played in the NHL for him. But uh, to be pairing up with a guy like Eric Carlson, you know, he seems like he's really found his groove, even as a 30-year-old player. So uh, somebody who can definitely, you know, play in that top four and has proven that. But, you know, just your steady, stay-home, you know, defensive-style defenseman who can throw the body around. Yeah, and if he's able to mesh with Dunner the way he was able to mesh with Carlson, then we're going to be fantastic. Yeah, I think you find a lot of... uh you know, a lot of ups with bringing this guy in uh, such a cheap deal to just a fourth round pick. And you're able to get some of that depth who, you know, it just looks good. I love the deal, man. And Jacob Magna, that's a killer name, right? Jacob Magna Magna. That's a fun one to spit out. So, uh, yeah, love to see it. Durham moving on here. Uh, the all-star weekend, uh, the laughing stock of, the NHL right now. I don't know, man. This uh, this All Star Weekend was pretty terrible. I was just gonna say, did you watch it? But I'm gonna assume not. Um, I did watch the first two thirds of the uh, the first night there with the skills competition. All Yikes. I gotta say is confusing, cringy, horrendous. And uh, absolutely no atmosphere in Florida. Just, just brutal. Just, I couldn't believe it, man. It was horrible. I uh, definitely have not seen a worse all-star game ever in my life or all-star weekend. Yeah, I'll be honest. I did not watch any of it. I didn't care to watch any of it. I saw like the odd highlight here and there just because I like looking up the 
oh i guess you could call them the og ones like the ones that you could replicate year after year after year and it's the ones where the guys usually somewhat half-assed give a shit about doing the fastest skater the shooting accuracy and the hardest shot yeah those are the og ones and i actually seen some clips from like the ahl sir we can just happen like they were doing the relay races against each other around like the big pie the pylons and you know those events which why the why isn't the nhl doing that like those are fun to do i i remember doing those as a kid in practice and those were such a blast going up against somebody and i feel like that brings some of the competition out in the all-star weekend and shows you know some of those other skills that a player has you know just being able being able to have that puck control and racing against the other players you know at least it's something that's a bit more competitive than some of the trash that we've seen now, to be fair, we can't just shit on the NHL because if you look at what the NHL All-Star Game is now from how the players perform mm-hmm. compared to how the All-Star Game players performed 25, 30 years ago. Yeah, they 30 years ago, they then. cared. They blocked like, shots. They wanted to go to the All-Star Game and prove I am the best of the fucking best. And now you get to the all-star game nowadays and it's just about hanging out with their buddies and communicating and getting together with other NHLers and holy shit, where'd the competition go? Yeah, I know. Right. And I think one thing that's really killed it has been the whole, Oh, we need somebody from every team. We we need a representative. No, no, you don't. What you need to do is just bring the best of the best. That's how it should be. It's an all-star weekend. It's not a fucking, you know, let's make sure everybody's included weekend. Sorry to say it that way, but like, you know, the best days were when it was the best on best doing it. And that gives you the opportunity to have, you know, somebody who maybe has the the fastest skating or the hardest shot or, you know, best accuracy. It just gives you more chances to, to kind of start to break some of those records. Not much happened this All-Star game, too. Like, nothing that impressive. No, and if you want to still have, like, the fan engagement and, oh, there's an option to have someone from every team, you, like, you could still do the vote, but you just have it, you vote the starters. Like, if you want to do three-on-three, that's fine. Take one player from each team and have them be in the vote for your starters. And it's not guaranteed that you're getting a rep at the game, but if they're voted in, then that player goes. And then yeah. the NHL fills out the rest of the roster other than those three voted starters. Yeah, I like that. I completely agree. And uh, what was the hardest shot we even seen, too? It was um, Patterson, right? Actually, uh, that was one funny part of the weekend. I will say that is... Because my dad texted me about that. He was watching it. I don't know why he tortures himself like this. But he texts me and goes, so they're talking to Eric Carlson. And he's commentating for the hardest shot competition. And Elias Pedersen's getting ready to do his shot. And Carlson goes, yeah, he shouldn't even take a slap shot. He should just take a wrist shot here. His wrist shot is so much harder than his slap shot. And then Pedersen won the hardest shot with a 103 mile an hour slap shot. Yeah, he did 103.2, and uh, that was the hardest in the All-Star competition. Little note here, Morgan Geeky broke that uh, at Seattle's All-Star event. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't a a huge uh, 
like fast one there or a hard one. I don't know, whatever you want to put it. It felt like one of the lower ones I've seen in a long time. I don't know. 103.2. That's up there for the last few years. Yeah. I think. Oh, okay, man. You know what? I'll yeah, look I'm, this I'm shit be... up after because now you got me curious. Yeah, I'm probably wrong. That's usually uh, how it is. But 13.699 for fastest skater, that felt slow. That one, I will agree, felt just like, what the hell? This is all, felt, this is the best we got. I but can't if McDavid says, I don't want to do it. I can't oh, believe McCarr yeah. fell, dude. That sucks. Because that, that's his event right there for sure. But yeah, I'd man, like to it see was... them do it backwards too. Do a forwards and a backwards lap. Let's see dude, who's the, the backwards, fastest skating backwards. That would be good. Um, yeah, accuracy was pretty cool to see McDavid go four for four and nine point four, but like you know, Nelson ends up yeah, I know it's <laughs> like trash, right? Then what Crosby and Ovi win the breakaway challenge because Ovi's kid just gets a pass and then scores on the Wongo. I don't know. The the one part I did like about the breakaway challenge is uh just when David Pasternak was was imitating <laughs> uh the happy Gilmore. I kind of like that. It made yeah, laugh, that was right? kind of funny. I wish you would have like got down to the puck and you know, go go to your home puck. Are you too good for your home? You know, did something like that. That would have been uh, pretty funny. But other than that, man, it was like the splash event. Kind of neat, I guess. It was something different. Uh, the the golf event was kind of neat in a way. It's, again, it's something. I different. didn't like the start of it, but I did like the ending just because I've been that jackass when I, this is years ago, I couldn't find a putter. So I just took my younger sister's hockey stick that had a straight blade. And that was my putter. Yeah, that, that was pretty sweet, but what a joke of a, of a prize, like free Chipotle for a year for an NHL player. And then Suzuki's like, yeah, Montreal doesn't have Chipotle. That was fucking funny. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, I can't do anything with this. Yeah, yeah, what trash. And like Chipotle, that's free. That's one free year of laxatives. Like, that's nothing great. Hey, I mean, if you got to poop, you got to poop. Everybody eats Taco Bell still for some well, reason. That'll, that'll make you poop real quick. But it's just. If you got to poop. I'm sorry. I'm going to shit on Chipotle for making them making other people shit their pants. So uh, that's just the way it is. I don't think that was a, a very cool gift to give. Just kind of pointless. And then the games, I didn't even watch the the three-on-three games. Yeah, I didn't watch any of them either. I was just, I did not care whatsoever. Um, yeah. Going back to the hardest shot thing, actually, because I looked this up and this just like blew me away. You want to really put into perspective, like everybody knows how good Chara and Weber were, right? Yeah, they were killing it for years. Okay, so last year, Victor Hedman had a 103.2 as well. Okay, so dead on, crazy. So last year's Hedman and this year's Pedersen are the hardest shot that is not Chara or Weber since 1993. Alafredi had 105, and those three are the hardest shots ever in the hardest shot that are not from Chara or Weber. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. That's crazy because I've seen so many times of like other teams, I guess, you know, hosting their own personal all-star game where that where a lot of players are getting around like 104, 105, 106 in those events. So I guess that's it just goes wild, to show who's man. there and who's taking them. Yeah, no kidding. 
Ovi won it in 2018 with a 101.3. I thought he had like a 106 or something at one point, but I'm, I'm, yeah, guess I'm maybe wrong he with did that one. the maybe he had a 106 the year Shea Weber won it 2020 with a 106.2. Could be, yeah, could be. That's just crazy though. Thanks for bringing that up. No problem. That's actually like freaking nuts. It is actually. Um, Durham, player of the week. Player of the week. We're going back to the blue line here. And no, it's not Vince Dunn. I know what you're thinking. What the fuck? You just said he was player of the month. We're going with Adam Larson this time because he stepped it up big this week as the big man on the back end. In three games played, he led the D with three points. All apples, by the way. And he led the team in penalty kill time without allowing a goal this week. Yeah, good for Larson. I mean, he had a big big game. Like like he said, listen off those stats. That's huge for him. So credit to Adam Larson for stepping up, especially when there's a you know been a couple injuries on that back end. And you got the, you know, one of the veterans of this team, the the true veterans stepping up, making things happen. So you love to see it. Yeah, just a uh, quick score update, by the way, since I just happened to check and it popped up. Simon Holmstrom scored his third of the year and at the end of 20 minutes, it's 2 nothing Islanders. So fuck yeah. them. They ruined my prediction. Yeah, predictions in the trash bucket. And the Kraken, uh, you know, down 2 nothing after one period. And uh, we're going to have to tune into this one and see how the rest of it goes and see if the Kraken can make a bit of a comeback here and, and get the W on the board. Let's go, Crackheads. Let's go, Crackheads, baby. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's going to wrap up episode number 15. Thanks everyone for tuning in and to make sure to rate this episode five stars if you've enjoyed it and stay tuned for episode number 16 when we take another look at the Squid Squad, baby. Durham, let's get the puck out of here. Cheers, everybody. Peace.